our organization has an annual budget of about $750,000 and we have no paid staff, just consultants who help us on a project basis, in addition to a contracted firm that does our admin and manages our books. We have undergone an annual audit for several years, but we're rethinking this. It's very expensive and we've never had any partners or funders ask to see it. We don't apply for grants either. We're leaning toward doing an audit every two to three years instead of annually. What are your thoughts on this? Is there any reason to think we need to continue with an annual audit when we seem to have all of our finances under control? What an interesting question. I don't, no one's ever asked, as far as I know, I've never encountered this question before. Um, so I think probably what you want to do is, is take a step back. I'm assuming because there's no staff, I'm assuming this question is coming from a board member, right? It's yep. the only other person that could answer, ask yep. the question, right? Um, I think like you need to take a step back and, and ask yourself what the audit's for. So, so it isn't necessarily, I don't think as a, as a board member for an organization, I wouldn't look as an audit at an audit as a checklist item as something that you just have to get because somebody told you you do. I think an audit is an external set of eyes that is totally disinterested from your organization that can then look at everything that's going on in your organization and point out potential challenges, uh, whether or not it's conflict of interest. I think in your organization, I personally would be very concerned since you've just got consultants and you don't have any staff um, I would be very concerned because this means that there's nobody with their eyes on the organization 24-7. You've got no executive director whose job it is to do all of the operational tasks. You've then moved all those operational tasks up to the board level. And as we know, as board members, like that's a very low level of supervision. <laughs> even, even the best, most functional boards are not thinking about your organization all day, every day. They're thinking about a before the board meeting happens or when somebody asks them a question. It's not 24-hour supervision. So in this situation, I would be concerned that are my consultants getting paid the appropriate wage? Does that make sense? Um, do we are Is there a hole in the way that we're operating that money is leaking out of that no one's noticed because we're not paying attention to this 24-7, right? Yeah. Um, I'm glad that your finances are under control. That's really, that's a good thing to hear. Um, I would look at, you know, and maybe you don't feel like you're getting the benefit of the expense of the audit because the auditor is just doing it as a checklist. So maybe you've got the wrong audit firm who's just coming in and going, yeah, everything looks good, right? Here's a letter uh, that I don't think that that's got much value to it either. What you want to get from an auditor is we've looked at everything. We've looked at all of the systems and here are places we think you can improve. And that's where you, sh and that's where the audit pays for itself, not as a, as a smiley face on your homework that says, good job. But instead of like that, it's something that says, okay, good job. But here are all the other ways that you can make your organization stronger, have less potential financial pitfalls, um, things that you may not have noticed because you're not paying attention to this all the time and getting sort of an external expert to come in and say, this is where you can make your organization better. So from that perspective, I'd say that an annual audit, I would say, is is something that you should have, especially at $750,000 a year. I get it that it's expensive, but you should be getting what you pay for. And if you're not, look for another audit firm. I do think the question sounds like somebody, though, who is doing this has looked at the audit less as something to make them as efficient or effective of an organization and more about this is a checklist item. 
to your point and more of, okay, if I have donors and funders that don't over ask for this. So, so it feels very external sort of focused instead of internal, what kind of organization do we want to be? What, you know, what do we, you know, what will make us feel like we've met our fiduciary duty? What, is are there ways to your point that we can just improve and be you know do things better or sounder or more efficiently or just to give even that level of comfort so i do like the idea of it's not necessarily a quick answer but it also tell me if i, I hear you that you're you're recommending right especially for an organization this size and given some reflection that you mentioned that someone do this annually but you also aren't saying that if they chose not to, that would be the end of the world, or if they chose to move it to every two to three years. Uh, no, I don't. I don't. I mean, no. You you could do that. You could not get an audit at all. But but you're opening yourself up to. I mean, especially because you've got a contracted firm that's doing your administration and managing your books. You're really sort of opening your up, opening yourself up to potential fraud later on because you've got nobody outside the organization. This isn't on the board that's looking at things that understands how things are supposed to be done. Um, it sounds like everything's going smoothly. That's a risk. If your board is comfortable with that risk, go for it. Um, it's not something I would do. Nonprofit governance. Nonprofit answers. Nonprofit board. Nonprofit management. Nonprofit marketing. Nonprofit resources. Welcome to Nonprofit Everything. The podcast where hosts Andy Shurick and Stacy Wedding answer your questions about all things nonprofit. Welcome to another episode of Nonprofit Everything. I'm Andy Shurick. I'm here with my fantastic, super amazing co-host Stacy Wedding, and we are here to answer all kinds of nonprofit questions for you. So the way this works is you send us some questions. Easiest way to do that, to be honest, is send emailing it to questions at nonprofiteverything.com. Or if you go to the nonprofiteverything.com website, there is a big shiny red candy-like button that you can push, and that'll create a web form that you can just sort of fill out. And you send us those questions, and then Stacy and I do our best to research and answer them. If we can't figure it out, we rope in the assistance of a guest expert and uh, we've had some pretty good guest experts lately. So um, send us the hard ones if you got them and, and we will go fishing for somebody who can answer it appropriately or send us easy ones and Stacy and I will answer those as well. So this is your nonprofit resource to kind of get your stuff answered without having to pay some expensive consultant or, you know, troll Google, which who knows if that's going to work for you. Um, we're, we're here 24-7 for you. There's 136 episodes, I think, already taped, and each one of them has at least two or three questions in it. So that's like that's like all the questions. So go and look in that archive as well. There's plenty of stuff there for you to, to see if maybe that question's already being answered. And you know what? We'll answer them again. If you ask us the same question and you're too, um, you, you don't have the time, let's say you don't have the time to go research all of the previous stuff that we've answered, just ask us again, and it'll show up in a, a few weeks. You know, that's how it works. It's pretty great. So thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate you taking your time to listen. And uh, with that, we'll jump right in. I've worked in the nonprofit sector for years, and there's one thing I really struggle with from an ethical standpoint. How can nonprofits justify accepting tainted money that was earned by a company whose profit comes from activities that are in direct conflict with a nonprofit's mission? How do you determine what is dirty money and what to accept or not? 
Is it okay to accept these types of donations or sponsorships and just not publicize them? Ooh, this feels like it could be an episode. Oh, I love this one. This is a great question. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Well, uh, you have pinpointed it, right? Not all gifts are created equal. And this is where, so I want to talk about the realities of this, but I also want to talk about some solutions or some ways to think through this, Um, right? Like none of us are going to accept money that's stolen or embezzled. Uh, And so there is something to be said. So if we're not going to do that, then if something, if we're going to accept money from a company that goes in direct opposition to our mission, like doesn't that feel kind of slimy? And that's what I'm sensing from your question is like, ah, so like at what point? And, you know, I struggle with this. So I'm just going to be real here. Like I struggle because at what point perhaps someone had some nefarious or some activities in the past or a company in the past went completely and and their activities went against our mission. Um, but they've changed their ways. So like, does that mean we don't ever accept money um, from them? Or they're in the midst of changing some of the way they operate business. So that adds a layer of complexity. And then who am I to become the judge of, like, don't we, when we look at everybody to some degree, aren't there, isn't there some scandal or something in most organizations? Like, at what point do we draw the line? Because when you say no to one, like, where do you where do you draw that line that we say no to you but yes to you but but you both you know oh is it cuz your work is still inappropriate but and like not for the public good and stands it it goes against just sort of the public good and so now i'm not going to like so because but it doesn't necessarily directly impact our mission negatively or isn't totally counter to our mission so it's okay then. Like, so I just, for me, what I struggle with, and I'm assuming the person asking this is struggling with is like, where does that, where is that? Is there a line? And I don't think it's that simple at all, of course. Um, but I, I think it's sort of a question we have to ask ourselves is like, what, what are the things, what are our values? What are our mission? Are there things that we are willing to say no to out of principle? Because it's just, it's not right. And then there's the flip side of it. So like, I'm probably complicating this more than helping this, right? But then there's the flip side of it where there are people that say it's unethical not to take the money. It's unethical not to take the money that now I can, as an organization, channel toward public good and toward our mission. So those are just a few schools of thought just off the top of the head. Um, I do have ideas of how you can start to unravel or figure this out. But before I jump into that, I would love, I would love your thoughts, Andy, on it. <laughs> I think this is, I mean, I, this question is so great. And so part, part of this is that, so Stacy and I, at least for today are both based in Las Vegas. And, and this is something that's come up for nonprofits in this community for years yeah. is at when, when the money is coming from an organization that may be, dis- may be doing something that you personally disagree with um, or that your organization may, you know, maybe run, runs 100% counter to what your organization is doing. Like, are, are you doing something that's unethical by effectively sanitizing their, what the organization, what, what the donor is doing? And I'll give a perfect example. So back when I worked at the food bank, one of the strip clubs 
uh, for the like did a holiday promotion where if you brought a can of food, so like they did a can drive, if you brought a can of food, you got into the strip club for free. They called this promotion Cans for Cans, which I thought was hilarious. Um, and there was some internal dialogue at the food bank of whether or not this is something that we wanted to discuss, promote, take money from. And there was lots of community, there was lots of conversation in the office about it. Um, I being the finance guy fell down on the side of what difference does it make? Like, we're not, we're not telling people to become strippers. <laughs> like this right. is not something that we're not actively promoting going into sex work. That's not something that we are like saying by, by accepting the money from the promotion. And it's still Las Vegas. I mean, you can't get away from the fact that that's what the city got built on. It's, it's part of the community and the fact that the strip club wanted to do that and thought of the food bank as the recipient of this thing and thought it would be something that would be fun to do. Like who's, who are we to get in the way of their fun? You know, that was kind of my, my perception of it. I recognize that that's not, you know, that when, you know, for me, that doesn't really feel like a mission ending relationship that if that got out to be public and the newspaper decided to write a giant story about it, um, that, the, you know, we aren't going to lose massive amounts of donors over that particular relationship. Um, but there are scenarios in which that could be the case, like depending on what your mission is and what the organization that's giving you money is, um, that could be something that you would have a very difficult time explaining to other donors. Like, why did you, why did you engage with this? If this is something that's antithetical to what you're supposed to be solving. Um, so, yeah, totally, totally understand the the frisson about this particular question. Um, so, Stacy, what's your what's your what do you think? What like how how do you how do you draw a box around when it's cool? Like, what's the Venn diagram look like? Cool to accept, not cool to accept. <laughs> like, how do we make that decision? So, I think that there needs to be as objective as you can make it a group of a small group of people right task force committee maybe it's you've heard you some of you may have heard about creating a gift acceptance committee for these kinds of i mean it can be for complicated gifts that are not just cash gifts but it also can be about gifts like this so i think having some sort of committee or task force that comes together to kind of put up or to create your own framework for making these types of decisions so really, and then that committee is looking at what are our values as an organization, right? What are, are we okay? Like, and, and putting themselves through the paces of all the different scenarios. I mean, you're never going to come up with every single scenario, but right, like, do we accept it and just not broadcast it or not put their logo or not have them come to our event and be and speak at our event, whatever, like, where is that line and thinking through different scenarios, but thinking through it from a standpoint of like coming up with some criteria, like, is this going to jeopardize our brand or our trust in the community. It's a huge one, right? It's one of the core roles of a board to manage and uphold the brand of an organization. So is this, is there a strong likelihood? Do we have reason to believe? And if we're not sure, 
perhaps we, I, you know, and I know there's not always time to do this, right? This is ideal if you have time, but like, can we get some key stakeholders from different lenses to sort of give us their gut check, like on this, um, right? Is this, yeah, is it okay if it's more of a something like that's just a public inter, like something that's impacting the public because of what this company's doing, but it doesn't impact our mission? Is that okay? So I think coming up with the framework and criteria around like, what is really core important to us that it doesn't matter how large the gift because right let's be honest it's hard if it's a really large gift and someone says you know and you don't want to turn down that gift you desperately want that money right so so you've got to really be solid with okay does this uphold and protect our brand does this keep us in line with our our mission or does it does it raise doubt I mean, one of the things nonprofits you think about like are established for is sort of the public is entrusting us like there's a trust level, like entrusting nonprofits to actually hold and steward assets. So so does this jeopardize the public trust or or is this like kind of not a big deal, sort of like the example, like what falls into that? And I don't think there's a yes or no. I think it's something that you've got to, though, have some sort of framework or questions or rating system or criteria. Like, this is important enough to us that we're going to make sure we don't fall down the slippery slope path. And you probably need people on that committee that are not going to be the people, no disrespect to finance people or fundraisers, right? You want the money. So, like, so what I find is, right, (laughs) um, I tend to find these kinds of these kinds of topics are harder for people in the program line of work, right? Because it it just is different, right? And your job is impacted differently by these decisions. So, I think you really try. You need to probably have a well-rounded committee. So it's not all people who are trying to get more money into the organization because we know where they're probably going to decide they're going to probably fall on. And if we had all program people, that could be dangerous too. So like, how do we have a diverse group of people? And if there's some people that are less tied to this, but are really good objective neutral sources on the committee. And so then you've got this nice little framework with a few questions or a few things that you sort of score, you know, your criteria to, to say yes or no to a gift. I mean, that's what I would do. Um, and I just, but I know that's not easy either because, I, you know, one of the examples, and I think, Andy, I don't know if you've brought it up or if I read it somewhere, but so there was kind of scandal with the Metropolitan Museum of Art um, back in like 2019 when they they ultimately decided to stop taking donations from this family who was linked to the opioid crisis through their pharma company, right? and there was a lot of brouhaha and anyone who wants to look it up can probably find a lot of information on it. But, um, and the Metropolitan Museum of Art didn't do this immediately, but other museums did and started being like, we're not taking donations from this family. And what does an opi- what does the opioid crisis have to do with the museum's mission? Nothing, but it was a big enough deal that these museums, right, decided not not cool. Like we're not, we're just against, like there is enough baggage with this donor and this donation that we're not going to take it. And so, you know, when you, when you read, read about the whole situation, um, eventually, right, there was protest and pushback on the Met for not 
not initially like changing their ways. And so they ended up amending their gift acceptance policy and doing some other things to um, to make it that they would not accept the money. But they also had a lot of backlash from that, right? The impact for donors, the impact from the bad press and the brand that came from something like this. Like, I think in today's world, this is even a hotter topic. So I'm just sitting there going, how do you protect your organization, protect all of your assets and not be short-sighted because you're really hungry for that large donation when, so I probably would, would lean toward being more cautious on this than not. Um, and I don't even want to start to tackle, I don't know, do you accept the money and then just say, sorry, we're not going to put your logo anywhere? I don't know. That's a hard, I don't even know what to say about that one. <laughs> so this is the this is the day where this became a political podcast, oh, right? Oh, yikes. <laughs> we went from being totally like, let's just answer some nonprofit oh. questions to like, let's wade knee deep into American partisan oh. politics, right? So... <clears throat> And, I, and the reason that comes up is when you're looking at it, and I totally, Stacey, totally agree. Everything with, that you just said, I'd say 100%, you're right. That's, you need to figure out where the line is and then draw the line there and just be on one side of it, right? Um, there, are, We need to recognize sort of that there are, not all nonprofits are 100% like we're everything to everyone. Like the food bank is like sort of the canonical example of, like this is a nonpartisan thing. Like there's, we, we are going to feed as many people as we possibly can. We will take donations from as many people as we possibly can. We're going to talk about policy. We're going to talk about things like SNAP benefits and making sure that people can get SNAP benefits. But in general, like we're not on one side of the line or other. Right. We're not going to have, you know, we're not actively campaigning against somebody that's saying one thing. Um, I think that's changing like over time as, as the two political parties sort of veer off yes, <laughs> or actually one political party veers off and the other one like is confused and tries to catch up and figure out what they're for. Um, again, not a political podcast. So what you need, I think what you need to do is sort of look at it from the perspective of the donor. A lot of times it's like, why are they giving you the money? So from a CSR perspective, and I'll put on my corporate social responsibility hat for just a minute, because this, this, there's an awful lot of research that talks about when corporate philanthropy is useful and when it's not useful and why you want to do it and why you don't want to do it. So for years, you would see people like Exxon and Chevron and Mobile and Royal Dutch Shell, and all these companies would then put money into nonprofits that were trying to sanitize their image. So Chevron would give tons of money for um, reef repair, like coral reef repair. Um, and, and what we've discovered over time is that that doesn't actually change the opinion of anybody about what Chevron is doing. So they're giving money to repair coral reefs. And everybody totally understands if you ask anybody like, hey, Chevron gave money. Are they a better company? The answer is no. They're still an oil and gas company. They're still an extractive industry. They're still destroying the oceans right, with rigs or whatever, whatever the reason is. Right. So having like giving money to directly counteract the negative things that your company is doing is not an effective CSR strategy. And if you're and if a company's doing that. Um, they need to recognize that that's not something that's going to give them any benefit. And where that where that sort of becomes information that a nonprofit can use is that, believe it or not, those donors that are giving you money 
can communicate with you. Like you can talk to them about that. And you can say like, by the way, just so you know, there's lots of research that shows that if you are in the oil industry and you are giving money for environmental causes, that that's a totally transparent play and you're not going to get any PR from it. So let's talk about what you really want from us. Like, because if you're looking for um, something to sanitize your image, like giving the gift to us is not going to do that for you. So having your logo on our website doesn't do you any favors. It doesn't do us any favors. Like, so what do we, what do you really want from this? And if it is that, if it's that sanitization, like let's find you another organization that you can give money to that isn't us. Because what, like we recognize, you know, we want to recognize your generosity. We just want to make sure that you're not giving the money to us for the wrong reasons. So, so that's one sort of box that you can put something in that sanitization box is not effective. And you can have a conversation with your donor about that. So the other box, so sanitization is one box. The other box is when the company that's giving you is money is just sort of broadly unethical. Like you just don't agree with what they do. And this could be anything. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have, it could be the political position of the founder. It could be something like the Sacklers, right? Where they've potentially made billions of dollars on something that was unethical because they were driving people to use this product, which has now become very, very dangerous across the country. You could disagree with them because their founder said something goofy and political. Um, you could you could disagree with them because of just the industry that they're in. Like you may, if you know, if you are uncomfortable, and again, we're in Las Vegas, if you were uncomfortable with the fact that casinos make money from um, gambling, that that's something that you're against, you might not want to take casino money. Um, I would say on that side, like that's a different question. Um, and having a conversation with the donor about like, we just don't like you, like is a different one. And that's the one that the Met was going to have yeah. to have. Is like, we're receiving pressure from somebody else that says, because you've done this, we shouldn't take any of your money because, you know, that makes us complicit in the sanitization of your image. And you need to decide like, are you doing that? Like by, by taking the money from someone who has made it in a way that you're personally uncomfortable with, like, does that make you a bad person or are you going to use that money for a better purpose? And is it okay to do that? And you, should you encourage them to give as much money as you can and let them pretend like their image is being sanitized because you're using it for this other purpose? Um, I, you know, and again, I'm a finance person, right? So you know what side of that line I'm going to come down on, which is like, give me all the money. Give me all of your money. Right. Like, I don't care what you do. And that doesn't, that's no stain on my nonprofit because what I'm doing it, I don't care what the reputational benefits of the donor are in these cases. It's not up to me. Um, do I, do I have, when it hits the newspaper or a blog more likely now or Twitter, right. God forbid, right? Do we have something that we can say that makes it okay? Like, is it, are we taking the money for a bad purpose? If somebody says you're just sanitize their money, like is so what the appropriate response? Like, have you talked to your public relations team? If you've got one, or if you've got an external PR consultant, have you consulted with them about what happens when this happens? If we take this money and we're having a conversation, you know, do we need to have a conversation with the donor before we accept it? So we can say like, look, we're so excited that you're giving us this money, but we see a reputational benefit, a reputational risk for us in accepting the money. And, and we don't want to make it worse by taking it. So what can we do to mitigate that fact? And a lot of donors, like if they're in the business, they know that it's a challenge. So when the strip club reaches out to the food bank, like 
we had a conversation with them. We say, we love this idea. We think it's absolutely fantastic. Do you mind if we don't promote it on our Facebook page? Right. And they were like, oh yeah, we totally get that. Right. <laughs> like don't, you know, cause it's going to confuse a lot of people, but we'll, we're going to do it. We're going to give you the money, but we're not expecting anything from you from a promotional perspective. Right. And they were like, that's what they said because they knew giving us the money was going to be potentially a reputational risk for us. So, so asking, having that communication with donors, talking to them about it beforehand, not feeling like you're going to hurt anybody's feelings because they know what they do. They know what business they, right. they're in. They know what other reputation they already have. Like be, be upfront about it. I love that advice. And I also think on the internal lens for the organization, if if you do have a gift acceptance policy or you do decide on some where that line is for your organization, please make sure you tell every single person in your organization and explain it to them because I think what I what I mean not I think I know like what I see happen out there right is that you see fundraisers or you know people in corporate sponsorships or whatever their their sweet spot is their role is at the organization and they are getting the pressure of you got to get more money you got to get more money you got to get more money and so sometimes that comes at the expense of this other piece like they'll just reach out to anybody right and if the organization has strong boundaries around that they need to know that they need to know that and they need to know that not all money is good money and i don't think that organizations sometimes these gift acceptance things stay with a couple of like the top execs and they're never shared throughout the rest of the organization and it's really important to make sure everyone knows yeah, totally agree. The, the gift acceptance policy is super important and you're 100% right. It needs to be shared throughout the entire organization so everybody's clear on it. And and I don't want anybody to take what I said to mean accept every gift because that's crazy and I would never say that. And the one example I use all the time, when I was at the food bank, we got a check. It was only for like $25, but it came with a note that said, um, here's $25 for food. Please ensure that this food is only used for American Ugh, citizens. Yeah. Right. And it's like, it's not the business we're in. Like, number one, I have, you know, personal problems with that kind of nonsense. Right. And so, and it was only $25. So it wasn't a hard decision. Right. But it was like, you write a note back and you say, thank you for your gift. Unfortunately, we can't accept it because this restric this restriction doesn't meet our gift acceptance policy. Right. And that's all you have to say. You don't have to go into detail about like, we're not taking money from the American Nazi party, right? You just have like a blanket, like this is just what we're saying. Um, and then and then it's up to them if they want to give you another gift and like take the restriction off or, or do something different. That's okay with them too. And I think the other thing to keep in mind is that while it's really important and great and imp and just good for the relationship to talk to the donor, to understand, like you said, to have a very transparent conversation and be upfront about all of it, but also to see what they're hoping to get from it. Um, I mean, that's a piece of this, but I also want to encourage our listeners to realize that ultimately it is your, your nonprofit's decision whether you accept that gift. And I think there's this weird power dynamic that can start to exist and creep up with donors, right? Oh, like, it's the donor, so we kind of have to do what the donor wants and, oh, we've got to take this money. And it that's just not true, right? At the end of the day, what's in the best interest of your organization 
of your reputation and brand of those you serve? Are there is there a group that's going to be negatively impacted by you taking this money in some way? Um, and if you can't stand firm with any gift you accept publicly to stand and pretend you're like back to having that PR person, if you can't stand on a live audience or with 10 cameras on you and defend why you accepted that gift, then don't, then you shouldn't be in the business of accepting it. So. Yeah. And on the, on the converse, if you can't do the same thing to say why you rejected the gift. Yeah. That's a, that's the exact same question. You have to be, you have to be perfectly clear. What a great question. Thank you for asking. Thank you. Well, thanks for listening. We really appreciate that you've taken the time out of your very busy schedule to spend a half an hour with Stacy and I once every couple of weeks. Uh, Send us questions. NonprofitEverything.com is the website. Uh, You can also send it to questions at NonprofitEverything.com. Honestly, anything at nonprofiteverything.com, it'll show up in our inbox and we will put it in the queue to answer on a later episode. You can also head over to nonprofiteverything.com to see the archive of all the old episodes if you need to catch up. No reason not to. And with that, we'll see you in a couple of weeks.